With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Maller here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. The latest chapter in what is the real-life soap opera. The the good thing about the NFL, I I feel like we're in a weather pattern. You know, they talk about hurricanes and I don't know. We didn't have hurricanes for like over a decade, and now we got a couple of hurricanes. We're in that cycle where there's hurricanes now. Well, in the NFL, we're in the cycle where we get a good legal case every couple of years. We had Tom Brady a few years back. Now we've got Ezekiel Elliott and another chapter in the Cowboy soap opera, a so-called independent arbitrator who we've pointed out in the past has worked for the NFL as an employee, uh, has decided to uphold Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension. This happened while Elliott was in a courtroom in Texas. <laughs> he had done a preemptive strike against the NFL, feeling this was going to happen. So let's talk about it. Now, despite a substantial amount of evidence on the side of Ezekiel Elliott, 
This is one of those cases where you had the facts on your side, and it did not matter. The NFL ends up getting what they want. Now, there are going to be several more plot twists in the coming weeks and the coming months here, and if you're into legal wrangling, you're going to get that. Courtroom drama, you're going to get that also. Because this is going to work its way through the court system. We know that. And we also know that the court system does not move very fast. So that's also a factor. Now, it's not going to be exactly like the Tom Brady case because everything's individually uh, different, things like that. But Ezekiel Elliott, as I mentioned, he was in court with a gaggle of lawyers on one side for him. And then on the other side, you had a bunch of high-priced Harvard law guys for the NFL. And it was all about that preemptive strike. Now, we're told the NFL took the position in court that Ezekiel Elliott can play in the game against the Giants in week one of the regular season. Now, why is that? The NFL did not make the ruling prior to the deadline. So the cutoff, they missed the cutoff, man. And so Ezekiel Elliott can play, although I have heard some conflicting reports that maybe that's not exactly true, that the NFL is going to try to stonewall that, try to get around that. Now, that judge in Texas, the guy that was ruling the case, did not make a decision. He's got till Friday evening on the restraining order against the NFL to put the, the blockade on the suspension. So the question is this, right? We know what's gone on so far, and it's changing. It's a fluid situation. What is the big takeaway at this moment from the arbitrator backing up Ezekiel Elliott against the uh, against the uh, Ezekiel Elliott, rather and for the NFL the six game suspension? What's the big takeaway? Well, I have a couple of thoughts on this. In the tank, uh, facts don't matter, and an exercise in futility. Those three things. Right, we'll begin with the fact that this guy Harold Henderson, who was the supposed independent arbitrator, clearly was on the side of the NFL. The Players Association pointed out in a prepared statement that they released that they were disappointed with Henderson because of his inability to navigate through the league politics, and that's a big part of this. The corporate bureaucracy of the NFL is on full display. You work for a big corporation, you know all about this. Uh, You likely have to deal with this kind of crap at your job. And the NFL Players Association pointing out, well, the NFL's got the same stuff. It's got a lot of red tape. There's a lot of layers to it. And there's a lot of vice presidents and people that do nothing. They get paid a lot of money. But the NFL points out that they could not, this guy Henderson could not get through the politics, could not follow the evidence, or is conscious. Consciousness. He he just, he looked at that and he looked at the evidence and that was it, so. So as with most of these so-called independent investigators, it's not about being objective. In this case, it would appear, based on the decision to back up and endorse the punishment of Elliott, that this guy was in the tank for Roger Goodell. The NFL jumped to what is an unwarranted conclusion, and again, not based on the facts. There are piles of text messages and email evidence from the ex-girlfriend, the accuser, that paint a very clear picture supporting Ezekiel Elliott's claims. And yet, that was overlooked. She was uh, she was essentially done in by her own text messages and also witness statements all on the public record in Columbus, Ohio. And that's in large part why, as we pointed out, that Elliott was not charged with domestic violence. The, 
The investigators there looked at it. They looked at all the evidence. They said, well, uh, let me see here. we got a bunch of witness statements that say she was involved in a bar fight and that she was talking to a friend about trying to essentially blackmail Ezekiel Elliott and ruin him, right, in so many words. And so they said, we got nothing. And yet the NFL looked at that same evidence and said, we got something. We got something good. We got something worth six games. So the, the NFL Players Association also in their manifesto after Elliott, uh, determined, we determined he was going to lose uh, six games, uh, pointed out that this was a conspiracy. They said orchestrated by the NFL and the officers to keep exonerating evidence or uh, yeah, exactly exonerating evidence from the people that have the power to make the decisions and the people underneath Roger Goodell. So do the facts matter? In this case, no. Facts don't matter. It's more about the optics. And Ezekiel Elliott, if you look at this case, the fact that they disallowed that Kia Roberts, again, the NFL's director of investigations, who met with the accuser and had doubts about the believability, and that was not allowed, uh, it's a, a giant smoking gun in all this. The NFL's main defense is that not that they screwed this up, not that they overlooked evidence. Their main defense is the NFL says it's a labor dispute. And uh, they they used, this was used in the Tom Brady case, they used the Norris LaGuardia Act of 1932. And they told that judge in Texas, the federal judge there in Texas, they said, listen, you've got to look at the Norris LaGuardia Act and expressly prohibit it the judge from using an injunction based on that old legal, legal uh, example that was used. So it's, it's the same trump card that the, the NFL used in the Tom Brady dispute uh, back in the day. Now, in addition to all that, as we talk here on Fox Sports Radio, it's the Ben Maller Show, this ruling was an overcompensation to past mistakes. Josh Brown, the giant kicker, was the latest last year, but even Ray, Ray Rice and several others. Rather than the Ezekiel Elliott case being judged on its own merits, it was collateral damage that did him in because of the past missteps of the NFL and their investigative uh, investigative arm. And, and the other fact is the NFL knows you're stupid. Uh, maybe not you, but the majority, the masses are idiots. And what's going to happen, right? Most people don't pay that close attention. They'll read the headline. They'll see Ezekiel Elliott, domestic violence. No, most people are, are morons, and will they don't have time, and they will not do their due diligence and look at the actual evidence in the case. And so for the low-information fan, which is the vast majority, the vast majority who don't pay that close attention, this is a home run. This is great PR for the NFL. It's wonderful optics. You got a bad guy. You took a bad guy out, and you suspended him for six games. Rah, rah, Roger Goodell. But, again, if you actually look at the evidence, you say, what a bunch of bumpkins the NFL happens to be in this. But from the NFL's perspective, say, hey, we got a bad guy. He beat a woman up. Of course, the evidence points out that's not exactly true. Uh, so the, the idea that she made this up, a good chunk of this up, is so outrageous to some, it's beyond the grasp of some of these, these uh, low-information fans that just don't know. And then the last thing, Ezekiel Elliott, the NFLPA, are going to drag this through the court system. The NFL is also 
part of this. They are they are along for the ride through the federal courts. And the, the Ezekiel Elliott guys are trying to find a sympathetic judge. And while that's going on, the NFL has filed a separate lawsuit. Did you hear about this one? They went to New York federal court to try to confirm the arbitration in Ezekiel Elliott's case. So you've got the case in Texas. Now you've got a spur case in federal court in New York. And the NFL's argument is that, hey, we're, our headquarters are based in New York. That's the proper jurisdiction in this particular case, not Texas. Even though Ezekiel Elliott plays in Texas and happens to live in Texas, the NFL's like, hey, our headquarters, where all our fat cats live out in Long Island or in the nice part of New Jersey, and we happen to have offices here in New York City, so screw you. We are going to try this in New York because they feel like they're going to have the advantage. They're going to have the advantage. The NFL had this legal paperwork done probably two weeks ago, and they just had to fill in the date on it. They just had to fill in. It's like, oh, put, what, what day do you want to file it? What do you want to do there? And so uh, th- there have been rumors that the judge in Texas – is sympathetic to Ezekiel Elliott. And how would anyone know that, by the way? That's what I want. How would you know whether the judge is sympathetic or not, that he's supposedly troubled by the unfairness of what has gone on? But the reason this is all, we'll sum it up with this. The reason this is all an exercise in futility is because of the Tom Brady case a couple years ago. It's Article 46. Article 46 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement gives Roger Goodell ultimate despot powers. He is the Grim Reaper when it comes to punishment, and that's Article 46. Eventually, that will be the thing that does in Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Roger Goodell could say, I suspended Ezekiel Elliott because he took a poor bowel movement, and I felt like he should have taken a better bowel movement. He didn't flush the toilet, and uh, he didn't wipe his ass the right way, and and so we're going to suspend him for six games. And that's that could all be allowed. It's Article 46. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox, on Fox. And we have right over there Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie Garcia. Very nice. You know, Ben, I would yeah. love to disagree with you on any of this because okay. I think it makes for some good radio. Yeah. But Can I, you... I can't disagree with anything you said. Well, I'm serious. Not oh, really? one thing that Come you on. said. There's got to be something that I said. No, and the really? thing that really blows my mind, and I guess it's because it was Ray, pre-Ray Rice, Yeah. but Greg Hardy, his appeal was heard by the same guy. And there, and he was actually convicted in a court of law yeah. for domestic violence, and yet his suspension was reduced. Yeah. That blows uh, my uh, mind. I, I it's ridiculous. It's absurd is what it is, but this is going to get dragged out. Now, how long can it get drawn out in the court system? Can this last? How long are we looking at? Can, the first well, thing, I mean, you would think that justice does not move very swiftly. I mean, that's but, kind of what we're led to believe, that the courts, you know, if everything's slow. But then again, you've got all the money behind this from the NFL and from the Cowboys, and money tends to grease the tracks a little bit and makes things go through a little bit quicker, it seems like. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm with you. Ezekiel Elliott is not going to win this, and it, it doesn't matter what the evidence is. He's not going to win this. Right. He's going to be suspended for six games. Well, we do know he's going to play. Now, the NFL, a PR hack for the NFL within the last hour has confirmed that Ezekiel is going to be allowed to play against the Giants this weekend. They issued a prepared statement, 
And the NFL, uh, with a lot of legal BS, which who cares, uh, but they said that he's going to play this weekend regardless of the decision on Friday that Elliott's going to play for the Cowboys against the Giants. And then he's going to go back to court next week and try to play the rest of the season. You know how many fantasy football nerds popped some bubbly when they heard that news? I don't know, though. Because like for, yeah, one, no, no, for one week, I guess. Well, yeah, for, yeah, one, week, for but... the one week. I mean, there were fantasy owners who thought they were sly by drafting them and just going to sit them on the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and he, he, I get so annoyed. You know, I, I should stop looking at the uh, information, Eddie. It's so frustrating to me. Because these morons who don't read the information, uh, they say, I can't believe that Ezekiel Elliott thinks there's a conspiracy against him. And I mean, come on. Really? So if you looked at the – it's all on the internet. You can, it's not I, that hard. Google I was, it. I was going to ask you and kind of get into a debate about yeah. what is it that the NFL claims? What What is it that they're saying is the evidence that they have that shows that he you know, physically assaulted his girlfriend – because I'm not seeing this anywhere. And then I just came to the realization, as you said, it doesn't matter what the evidence is. They're doing this because it makes them look good. It doesn't it does. matter. A lot of these dopes don't pay any attention. They see the headline like, Zeke Elliott's a woman beater. Let's, uh, let's you know, suspend his ass. And then everyone gets all excited. And they're like, yeah, we got him. We got a bad guy. I, I don't know Ezekiel Elliott. I'll never likely meet Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just looking at the information that's out there. Cause Agreed. I'm not a Cowboys fan. Why do I care? Yeah. But I, I agree with you. Just everything I've seen. Yeah. And, and, of course, we had the NFL's own investigator, who, who inter- the only one who interviewed huh. this Kia alleged Roberts. victim. Yes. Multiple times. But and he, she said he doesn't deserve uh, any uh, discipline. Uh, all right. So, and then I, exp- I, I looked also. I was, I was trying to figure out some, some stuff. You know, having a, a Zen moment, a moment of Zen, as I often do with these things. And I kept looking at the the accuser's text messages and emails where she was talking to a friend about blackmailing Ezekiel Elliott with sex tapes. And I'm like, you look at that, and then you look at the the bar fight that she got into, and then apparently, according to the the police investigation, there was some suspicion that she claimed that he had beaten her up, and it was actually from a bar fight with another woman in Ohio and all this stuff. And then uh, the new information that came out last week that she's she last season during the NFL season was uh stooping uh, members of the Cowboys their teammates of Elliott to get back at Ezekiel Elliott and it's just like come on anyway. be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller show weeknights at 2 a.m eastern 11 p.m pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app not gonna lie to you uh when I first heard about this story I thought this was product placement for Apple's watch. I thought for I was convinced that the people over at Apple had paid Major League Baseball a bunch of money and they wanted to sell some watches and so they thought here's how we're going to do it. We are going to create a scandal based around our device. Well, maybe that's true. I I don't know. Uh but uh, we we have a plot twist in the Yankee Red Sox rivalry if you missed this because you were you know, not paying attention. Uh, both teams are accusing the other team of using technology to steal signs. The Red Sox got caught red-handed. The Red Sox admitted they had overwhelming evidence. Unlike the NFL, when there's overwhelming evidence, they go the other way. Major League Baseball investigated. 
and they caught the Red Sox in the act, and people from Boston admitted to the commissioner's office, you got us. That, uh, the, the trainer for the Red Sox had been receiving signals from replay personnel and then relayed that information to some of the Red Sox players. And it's how he did it that had people all excited. It's like they, people still signs all the time in baseball. It's a standard occurrence. But I want to talk about this. Now, Major League Baseball was alerted to this scheme which had the trainers I mentioned in the dugout looking down at his Apple Watch, his Apple Watch, and then relaying a signal to players who may or may not have been able to use that information to determine the type of pitch that was being thrown by the Yankees. All right, so that's that's where we were at that point. So baseball investigated it. They said, yeah, this is it. The Red Sox admitted to it. The Red Sox then responded – by filing their own complaint alleging that the Yankees also do this. Now, they don't use the Apple Watch. They're not as nuanced as the Red Sox. Instead, the Yankees' move here is they use cameras from the television broadcast on the Yes Network to steal signs. That's how the Yankees systematically cheat the system. Let's hear from some of the participants. One of them, Joe Girardi, the Yankee skipper Joe Girardi, who's always got this weird twitch to him when he's talking to reporters. Here's Joe Girardi on technology and the role of cheating with technology. Well, they just don't know how comfortable people would be with like an earpiece, or and then someone has to have something to talk. And could you text it between two guys? You know, I don't know, but there has to be something because I sure the heck don't want to be holding up large signs. And, and flipping the signs around, and I, I don't want to be doing that. God, well, I'm sure we'll check with you, Joe, before anything happens. We we don't want you to be uncomfortable. God forbid you're uncomfortable. My God. All right. Now, here's Gardy, Brett Gardner, the longtime Yankee outfielder who uh, talks about Pandora's box. Stay away from Pandora's box. You know, I just think it opens the door to so many other things. And um, now you have so many different forms of wearable technology, whether it be an iWatch or, or things like that, that, um, that maybe people could use to their advantage. So I know, uh, like I said, I know it's something that MLB has looked into. And, um, you know, we'll uh, have a better idea of how things stand moving forward. Yeah. All right. So here's where we are. The, the question is, is uh, God, yeah, exactly. These guys are morons. <laughs> you got Girardi, who's like apparently a technophobe. Uh, and then you got Brett Gardner. Who's, you know, this is just—it's going too far. It's just going too far. Uh, what should happen to the Red Sox and Yankees uh, for stealing signs? I, I'm pretty confident the Yankees were doing the same thing. Uh, here's what's going to happen: they're both going to get a slap on the wrist. That's what's going to happen. Now I got a couple of thoughts on this. It was sloppy, paranoid, widespread, and as I mentioned, a whole lot of nothing. Right, a whole lot of them. Number one, the Red Sox. We'll start with Boston. The Red Sox are following a rich tradition of gaining an edge, right? Gamesmanship, if you want to call it that. But there is an art to stealing signs. And based on the anecdotal evidence that we have in this particular case, the Red Sox, what they were really guilty of is being sloppy. That's the mistake. It's how they went about it. It didn't work. My evidence that it didn't work, they got caught, right? And also, if you look at the the record, in Boston, the Yankees, I believe, beat the Red Sox five games out of uh, five to four in the head-to-head matchup. And in New York, 
it was six games to four. So the Yankees, if the Red Sox have been doing this all year, the didn't and they just did it against the Yankees. I guess they did it against other teams also. But let's just say the Yankee games, it certainly did not benefit the Red Sox per se. If you're stealing signs to gain an advantage, which I believe is the end game here, then you might want to change it up a little bit. Uh, you you got to do a better job at hiding the gamesmanship. You got to do that. That's the key. It, there's an art to it. And now the cheating Cardinals are legendary. They became the cheating Cardinals because of corporate espionage, but they have dabbled in the art of stealing signs for a very long time. And I recall a postseason matchup with the Dodgers. And when they just barbecued Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs, and many are convinced in the baseball community that that was a byproduct of successful sign stealing, that the Cardinal hitters knew exactly what Kershaw was going to throw before he threw the pitches, and it was a masterpiece in that realm for the cheating Cardinals. Now, now part of part of me feels here the, the Red Sox should get some kind of special recognition and distinction for Major League Baseball because they have finally found a way to make the Apple Watch relevant. Like, I I know people that have the Apple Watch, and I don't know anyone that has it that says my life is complete with it. Like, there's some people that think it's pretty cool. There's a lot of people that think it's a waste of of time and all that stuff. But this is is great marketing for Apple. You can steal signs in a Major League game with our watch. Now, the second point here as we talk on Fox Sports Radio, it's the Ben Maller Show. Major League Baseball teams, for when I was, when I was younger, and, and it still goes on today, although it's not as widespread today as it was back in the day, but Major League ba- teams would regularly employ an old geezer. And one of the reasons they did that was because the guy was really good at stealing signs. And it's gone on for generations. 20 years ago, Many, many years back, uh, the, uh, the Dodgers, I, re- I recall being around the Dodgers, and many players at that time that were convinced that certain teams were stealing signs. You have this paranoia, this paranoid mindset in Major League Baseball, and the reason that goes on is because it does happen all the time. The, the teams are doing it. That's why you have signs. If you're bad at relaying the signs and the other team can figure out the signs – then it's it's you know the art of warfare, right? It's like Morse code. If you know the more, if you can break the code, you've got the advantage. You've got the upper hand. Now, sign stealing is such a widespread phenomena in baseball that it is ingrained in the culture of the sport. Now, as for the the cheating in this particular case, if you if you go by the book here, the Yankees. Know all about that. Remember Michael Pineda, the pitcher who's got hurt this year, but I think it was last season. I believe it was last year. He got caught at a game at, at Fenway Park with pine tar caked on his neck. It was so thick. It was like a you – know, when you, you only go to the beach and there's like a guy with bad suntan lotion and it's like gobs of suntan lotion on his neck. You know what I mean? Like he just put it on there and didn't rub it all the way into his skin. That was like Michael Pineda. At the, uh, at the Fenway Park performance when he got caught with pine tar. So that, that, that would also go into the, the cheating category. Now, Rob Manford, the quasi-commissioner of Major League Baseball, said, quote, this is an ongoing issue between the Red Sox and Yankees. Really? Uh, Manford didn't seem all that bothered by it. 
Uh, he has been known as Mr. Softy when it comes to punishment. He's not quite as spineless as Adam Silver, the commissioner of pro basketball. But if you look at Rob Manfred's body of work, you had the cheating Cardinals who committed corporate espionage against the Astros. They got a slap on the wrist. More recently, look at Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez was sucker punching Detroit Tiger players at the bottom of a pile and had his suspension reduced under appeal. So I will say it's more likely than not that the Red Sox and Yankees are both going to get uh, get off easy here, that th- this is going to be a slap on the wrist situation. And a whole lot to do, about, a whole lot about nothing, uh, really. And, and Rob Manford, maybe he'll denounce it publicly and say it's reprehensible and morally outrageous and all this and the integrity of the game, blah, 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 blah. All those big buzzwords. But eventually there'll be some kind of small fine, and that's going to be that. Maybe they'll lose a draft pick. The maximum Major League Baseball fine for a team is $2 million. $2 million. But we've seen teams in the past get punished for the, for the uh, this kind of thing. But I don't think anyone's getting, been caught with an Apple Watch or, like, th- there have been supposedly binoculars. The Phillies were using binoculars with their bullpen catcher uh, back like a decade ago, uh, they were doing that. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia. Now, Ben, I played Little League Baseball. I played high school baseball. It was nothing sophisticated back then as far as stealing signs. I really honestly have no idea how this works. Now, I know if there's a guy at second base, maybe he can relay something to the, to the batter, maybe location of where a catcher's setting up, something like that. But otherwise, I have no idea how this would work. How, how do they how do they relay the signs to the hitter? Like, how does that happen? Well, that's a great question. So, uh, so there have been books written about this, and supposedly different teams have used the scoreboard. The Chicago White Sox, legendary baseball story, back at the old Comiskey Park. In fact, Dave Dombrowski, I believe, worked for the White Sox, the Red Sox GM, back in the in this period of time. So what they would do is they would have someone monitor the center field camera angle, and then they would use a certain part of the scoreboard. They'd have lights. The old you remember the old scoreboards with the the different uh, the the old technology. There they'd have a couple of lights that would be switched on, and depending on how many lights there were, uh, it would indicate whether or not it was a fastball or an off-speed pitch. So like one light would be a fastball, two lights would be an off-speed pitch. But it wouldn't tell okay. you the location, and yeah, uh, that's. It seems like boy, that obviously it all has to happen uh, almost instantaneously because uh, you know, guy, it, it's happening fast from sign to yeah. pitch it's on the quick. way. Yeah. Yeah. Some pitchers take a long time, but also let's let's not forget I, when I was years ago, they, the, the Dodger players then were convinced that Buck Showalter was doing this kind of stuff with the Diamondbacks at the time. He was managing Arizona, and they were hundred percent convinced that they were getting getting screwed over because they were the Diamondbacks at that time with Showalter were using the center field camera and they were relaying signs. Uh, did you see Dombrowski's quotes? These, this I is great. Not. Dave Dombrowski, the GM of the Red Sox. Now, what did you think Dombrowski said? If you get I'm sure caught, he admitted it. Yes, we've stolen signs. We're absolutely guilty. Accountability, right? I mean, that's what you're supposed to do no, is by the book, not. accountability. He's not going to admit to it? No. Well, Dave Dombrowski – when asked about this, said he's the, the big cheese with the Red Sox, lifetime baseball man, Dave Dombrowski, quote, do I think sign stealing is wrong? No, I don't. 
That's an actual quote for the Red Sox. Jim, I love this. It's great. Uh, he went on to say, I guess, uh, Dombrowski stated, I guess everybody in the game has been involved with it throughout the years. People are trying to win however they can. It's an edge. They are trying to gain. I guess it depends how you do it. But no, I never thought it was wrong. It's Dave Dombrowski. Now, I don't own an Apple Watch. I don't know if anyone on the staff does. I, how would this work? How, how would they use the watch to relay science to a batter? Don't know, Eddie. Uh, I don't know. All right. I don't, can you get video on the Apple Watch? Can you watch video? Is that how they were doing? I would. I would think you could watch video. Yes. But yeah. I'm well, sure. I mean, I do know that the Apple Watch it has uh, haptic feedback. So excuse me. It's it's basically you can customize the vibrations of the watch. Ah. Yeah. So the batter, if he was wearing it on his wrist, like a quick buzz could be a one for a fastball, something like that. Yep. Or a double buzz could be, you know, a, a curveball, you know, etc. Okay. Well, that's, listen, that's good. So the the Red Sox are truly committed to trying to gain an upper hand. Think- and I'm sure you're all for this, right, Ben? You're you're big on games and shit. Well, what is, like, what's the, the damage? You, the Yankees are trying to steal the Red Sox signs. The Red Sox are trying to steal the Yankees signs. So it's, an, it's a level playing field, is it not? I do, agree. Do, but does using electronic devices oh. take it to the next level? No, they should be credited for that. Use the technology available to you. I like that. So you can go up there with like uh, Google Glasses or something. And, uh, Do they, they still can, have those? I don't those know. Still a thing? Try to think of something. You can put the fastball across your eyes. Sure. Like why that. not? Well, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yes. Whatever you're talking about, Eddie. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. But you, you have a big moral problem with this, Eddie? Do you believe that Dombrowski should be punished by Major League Baseball? I, I don't think he... you should be getting hits or. Taking it to the next level, getting wins based on what kind of technology you can employ. I think they should bring back the spitball. Why not? Why'd they get rid of the spitball? Bring back the spitball. Was that ever legal? Yes. The spitball was legal at yes, one time? Yes, it was allowed. They, and there were, who was the? Well, Gaylord Perry was obviously the, well, he, was the famous guy with the But he wasn't spitball. allowed to do it. Who was the last? There was a pitcher that was grandfathered in. The guys that threw the spitball. I use this as a who am I game, and they were grandfathered in. They were still allowed to use the spitball. But, yeah, bring it back. Why not, Eddie? Bring back the spitball. I'm all for it. I want saliva all over the baseball. Just slobber up. The sp- just slobber it up. That's what I want. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Well, let's get to it. Here we go. Let's. You know what time it is, right? Yeah. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. Third degree time. We bring in the Coop Da Loop, Justin Coop. Now, Ben, Aaron Rodgers said in a recent interview that he believes that gay NFL players fear coming out of the closet because of the NFL's lack of guaranteed contracts. Quote, if you have a differing opinion, differing sexual orientation, they can get rid of you. He went on to say it's better to keep quiet and not risk getting cut with people saying, well, it's because you can't play. Ben, do you think that this is a legitimate concern? No, I I do not believe this is a legitimate concern. There's a stipulation, though. There's always a stipulation. If you're a headliner, right? And let's, let's be honest here. We'll have a frank conversation. We're all adults. If you pay attention to internet gossip, Let's take Aaron Rodgers, right? For Aaron Rodgers, we'll use him as an example. There have been rumors for years 
that Aaron Rodgers is in the closet. It's all over the internet. You can you know type it into Google, it'll pop up. Now, hypothetically, let's say if Aaron Rodgers announced, you know what, uh, I've been living a lie. Publicly, I've been living a lie. If he made that kind of declaration that Aaron Rodgers said, I'm gay, do you think the Green Bay Packers would release Aaron Rodgers? I don't. And if they did release him, do you think that one of the other teams would not bring him in and give him a ton of money? The, the first openly gay superstar player will be rolling in dough. Madison Avenue will throw money at them. They will make it rain. Make it rain. But the key thing in the second part of this is the golden rule. In the NFL, it has been about the greater good over individualism and anything that you do to make yourself stand out from the herd publicly there's a lot of gay guys in the NFL right now. They're going to play in games on Sunday and Monday and you know Thursday, the whole thing. But the NFL position on this is if you make it about you, much like Michael Sam did, the one-time gay Ram in, in the preseason, that they're going to give you the cold shoulder. And they want robots. The NFL wants robots. They do not want you to stand out from the pack there. If you're a superstar, though, it's different. All right, next. Now, it's expected that the Bulls will eventually buy out the contract of Dwayne Wade, leaving him available to sign with another team. And we've heard the chatter of a LeBron reunion in Cleveland and the possibility of a return to Miami. But now we're hearing that there is interest in playing for an L.A. team. No word on if that means the Lakers or the Clippers. Ben, what do you think the chances are of D-Wade landing in Tinseltown? Well, my counsel is this would be a gigantic mistake. It would be a mistake for the L.A. teams. It would be a mistake for Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade should go back to Miami. That's his happy place. Uh, and I don't think he's going to do that. I, I think Wade's move here is to follow LeBron to Cleveland for a year and then reevaluate it after the next NBA season. And I'll tell you why. Number one, Dwayne Wade, uh, we know he's basketball royalty in Miami. And he would be forgiven. He'd be welcomed back to the heat with open arms. But the smart money to me is directed towards Wade following LeBron like a a pussycat uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Going there, the safest bet in sports has been LeBron James going to the NBA Finals. Doesn't win it all that often, but he goes to the NBA Finals a lot. And you can ride the King James coattails if you're Dwayne Wade and get another Finals appearance. Yeah, you'll be cannon fodder for the Warriors, but you'll get back to the NBA Finals. And number two, the Clippers have done a uh, they've done a marvelous job, right, of modifying their roster on the fly. They should stay away from Dwayne Wade. Remember one of the principles that I talk about all the time on the show: do not let a falling star fall on you. And if you want proof of that, look at the Kobe final years in a Laker uniform. So you'd think the Lakers would stay away from Dwayne Wade also. They had to put up with that dog and pony show with, with Kobe Bryant when he couldn't play anymore, and they were paying him $25 million a year. So, no, let Dwayne go to Cleveland and sit on the bench and be with LeBron. You're good. I'm good. We're all good. All right, next. Anybody on the Clippers is a, is a half of what Kobe Bryant is. Edited audio. Next. Speaking of Hollywood and the Clippers. Yes, I'm sure more you, Clipper talk. Yes, I'm sure you know by now, Ben, that Blake Griffin is dating Kendall Jenner. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, so exciting. So happy for Blake. I hope they have 17 kids. <laughs> Are you, I hope they have more kids than No Con Carl. That's what I hope. 
Sounds like uh, you're real concerned about the Kardashian curse. No, I'm not concerned about the Kardashian curse at all. That is, as our president would say, fake news. You are fake news, the Kardashian curse. Now, I, I studied this a little bit. I crunched the numbers. And if you look at the stable of stallions that these Kardashians have stooped, uh, and uh, the professional athletes, James Harden, for example, who was with Khloe Kardashian, just got a $200 million shoe deal, a $228 million extension, super max from the Rockets. If that's a hex, I would like a hex from the Kardashians. But wait, there's more. Tristan Thompson has won an NBA championship since he started dating a Kardashian. Lamar Odom was at the peak of his career. Now, he would have ended up on the floor choking on his own uh, his own, you-know-what uh, if he had or hadn't dated a Kardashian. So I'm not going to put that in our Kardashians. Odell Beckham Jr., the, one, the, the biggest star, arguably, among receivers in the NFL, c- connected to a Kardashian. Reggie Bush won a championship when he was dating Kim Kardashian back in the day. Hell, Matt Kemp, when he was with the Dodgers, the, he was tied to some Kardashian uh, love, some romance with a Kardashian. Matt Kemp got a $160 million extension, which is still an alb- albatross that the Braves have to pay off. I can go on and on here. Blake Griffin, one of the reasons Blake Griffin stayed in Los Angeles, he wants the limelight, he wants the spotlight. It's much easier to hang with the Kardashians if you're wearing a Clipper uniform. Everyone, Every starlet wants to date a Clipper. Uh, everyone knows that. They're the hippest team in town. They're the people's team. They draw more fans than the Lakers and all that, so it's understandable. <laughs> complete, complete, I, don't, I don't blame Kendall Jenner at all for trying to hook up with Blake Griffin at all. She's a smart woman, clearly. All right, there it is, Mallard of the Third Degree. That's a winner. Thank you very much. Ben, you're in denial. You failed this edition. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Attention, everyone. And the password is... Password. You idiot. Password, the word game of the stars. Here's Ben Maller. All right, let's do it. Here we go. It's password time. Get another win here. Let's see. Who's going to play password? Word game of the stars? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Pick a caller by his name. Let's say hello to Mr. Irrigation. Who's in Hello, Houston, Big Ben. In Houston. Hello, Mr. Irrigation. Now, last we spoke, Mr. Irrigation, you were thinking about relocating for a couple of months to Colorado. Are you going to stay in the greater Houston area? I have decided to stay and help my fellow man. You're a good man. All right. And how? what is life like there now? What is it day to day there? Is it getting better? Is the water going away? What's going on? Ben, the morning I woke up after speaking to you, the sun came out. Okay. All right, hold on, Mr. Uh, who else? We've got John the Pie Guy making a, a rare appearance. Hello, John the Pie Guy. Hello, Ben. I'll be making uh, some more appearances here in the near future. Really? I've been dealing with little health issues, uh, and I thank everybody for the well wishes, and it's great to talk to you once again. Very good to talk to you, John the Pie Guy. We've not seen you in a long time, but I'm sure we'll, our paths will cross here at some point. All right. John. Almost definitely. All right. Very good. 
And you're still in the pie business, John? Is that you're still uh, you're still your thing? Uh, yes, in the pie business, and also doing a little. Uh, Going to be doing a little lift on the side, and make a little extra cash while I'm dealing with some stuff. But uh, a pie night is desperately needed soon. You guys just uh, let me know the word. All right, uh, very good. Hold on, John. John, the pie guy, and let's get to it. Here we go, Mister Irrigation. Who would you like to partner up with on this week's password? Ben, I thought about this long and hard. I'm going to choose you, Big Ben. All right, that's going to be the winning team. That's going to be the team that wins it. Let's find out who the pie guy is going to lose with. Pie guy, who would you like to pick? Uh, I was going to pick you, Ben. But, oh, uh, I'm let's flattered. Make classic, let's make it a classic Ben and Eddie matchup. Uh, okay. Right, yeah, there we go. Don't sound excited about that. I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Irrigation and Ben are going to be up first because Mr. Irrigation was on the line first. One through ten on the board, gentlemen. And once you pick a word here, it's going to be worth 10 points for every incorrect guess. We take a point away. All right, so Mr. Irrigation, pick a number 1 through 10. Eddie, I think I will take wait, wait, hold on. number 7. Hmm? Wait, Mr. You just said Eddie, but you said you wanted to play with me. No, oh, I thought Eddie was asking me what number. Oh, no, that was so that that would be Danny. <laughs> What was it, Danny? <laughs> uh, my bad. All right, all right. Uh, let's go. Number seven. Number seven. All right, let's go. Uh, number seven. Let's go with. Hmm, there's a couple of. Let's go. Uh, how about trim? Bush. No. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you perverts. Uh, All right, next. What are we thinking about? Come on. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You're just mind out of gun. What's wrong with you? Why are you laughing? It's talking about yard work. The way he said it, you know, it's funny. Delivery. All right, uh, John, uh, Ben's clue was trim. My clue to you is barber. Cut. No. <sighs> No. All right. Let's let's uh, boy. Let's go with uh, Buzz. Cut. <laughs> all right. I know it. I know it. I know it. Uh, uh, really? So. All right. What are we all stupid? You know what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> uh, hey, I almost had it. I didn't say Maller maneuver. I never said. Uh, that. John, uh, we've heard the other clues. Uh, fro, nothing. fro, 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 really? Haircut. Yeah. yeah there you go. Oh, you, get, you get one point. Yeah. What happened to that uh, shutting me out, Mister Irrigation? Yeah. Well, that was two words, not one. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Uh, Pie guy and Eddie back up again here, or up for the first time. Back up. Uh, really? Well, we played earlier. Is that right? Well, is that seven points, Coop? Well, I mean, because they got the point right now, Ben. Oh. All right, so, pie guy, one through six or eight through ten? Pick a number. Uh, I will pick number eight, Kobe Bryant. (laughs) All right. My mom is going to get him. Let's see here. Um, Boy. All right, uh, John, the password is um, flawless. Perfect. Yes. Well done. Just like Mr. Gason told me his score was going to be. Oh, some smack talk. Yeah, a little bit. All right. He's been at me all day, so. 
Mr. Really? Irrigation and Ben, you guys need this one here. All right, guys. One through six or nine or ten? Number one. Number one, Mr. Irrigation Fix. All right. Let's go with construct. Build. Bam. That's how we do it. Championship password play right there. What's the score, Coop? It is 17 to 10 in favor of the Pie Guy and Eddie Garcia. All right. Pie Guy and Eddie, you're back up. One through, let's see, what do we got here? We got two through six, and then we got nine or ten. I will go with number nine, the great Nick Van Exel. (laughs) Yes. uh, Very accurate. Many people have said that about Nick Van Exel. (laughs) Unless they haven't. All right, John the Pie Guy. Uh, The password is aggravating. I would say a proper name here, but I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Uh, Aggravating. Five seconds. Frustration. No. No. All right. Uh, He said aggravating. I'll go irritating. Mr. Frustrated. No. Didn't John just say that? That's the second time he's repeated John's answer. <laughs> Mr. Irrigation, are you on crack? What are you doing? I mean, seriously, if the other guy gives the – do you think when you say it, we're going to say, oh, you know what, John yeah, wasn't right. right, but we've decided you're right, Mr. Irrigation. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, very good. Uh, all right, John. Uh, oh, let's my. see. We've had uh, we've had aggravating, irritating. You're just cheating off John the Pie Guy's work, and he's getting it wrong. You don't cheat off the guy that gets it wrong. You John- cheat off the smart kid. <laughs> John, how about um, how about bothersome? Uh, annoying. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's uh, pause for the cause here. Hey, Coop, what's the score? That's twenty-five I don't to care ten. About the score. Do we really we'll need have to... the conclusion <laughs> of passworthy word game of the stars. And we'll hear how many more times Mr. Irrigation can repeat incorrect <laughs> answers as his own body of work. Third time's the shark. Yes. Uh, third time, we're done. All right, we'll get to that. We'll do it next. It's the most unique show on sports radio. The Ben Maller Show Facebook page is a must-visit destination on the social network. Like our page at Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. Remember that scene in college football? Was it? Two nights ago when Tennessee had a trash can on the sidelines. How could we forget it? Yeah, Mr. Irrigation's recreating that here in Password. <laughs> He's got his own little trash can. Uh, all right, let's get Barbie. back to it. It's Password, the word game of the stars. Barbie. And we got Mr. Irrigation teamed up with me. He's blatantly cheating <laughs> off John the Pie Guy's paper. <laughs> and uh, let's get back to it. Here well, we go. Ben, good news. It's t- it's to you guys. Mr. Irrigation uh, and Ben are right. up here. Very That's good. Too bad. Here we Two go. through six or number ten? Are you asking me? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, he's asking Fred. <laughs> he's asking a guy named Fred. Yeah, all well, right. Fred quit. Yeah, okay. Uh, here we go. Let's do this. Uh, let's see here. I could use the mallard maneuver, but I don't believe he'll get the mallard maneuver. I'd love to hear the mallard maneuver. No, because you because you know he's not going to get it. Come so on, I, do it, Ben. He's not. No, he's not nuanced enough to get the mallard maneuver. I don't believe. 
Do you want me to try the mallard maneuver, Mr. Irrigation? Please try the mallard maneuver. All right. Uh, all right, here we go. Focus, Mr. Irrigation. Focus. Here we go. You picked number six, right? Here we go. I picked number six. Car? Engine. No! No! That's not right! That is wrong! You are incorrect! How dare you. That was a terrible clue. That was not, that was not a terrible clue. That was a wonderful clue. That was, anything. That was the Maller Maneuver. I was That's thinking the six cylinders. Say the same word like Ben just said. All right. Uh, John, uh, the password is... Hmm. Hmm. He said hum. That's the pattern. Eddie said hmm. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. Well, no, no, well, no, John, no, no. John thinks he, he knows it from Ben's clue. Well, I, I'm going to give him a clue anyway. No, I want to okay. see if John knows it. I'm curious. I'm going to say siren. Siren. Here we go. Car and siren. Five seconds. Four, three, two, Car, one. What? <laughs> What was that, John? I said wash. I know it's not right. Wash. Siren threw me off. No. Uh, all right. How about... Oh, this will be... Well, if I give this, he'll never get it. Uh, why not? Who? I don't care at this point. Uh, I've given up. Uh, I will go with... Uh, clock. DeLorean. Holy <laughs> Lord. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well, at, least, at least you didn't repeat what John just said, I guess. <laughs> right, I'm done. Mr. Irrigation, thank you for playing, Mr. Irrigation. We have a nice party. The, the for word you. was alarm. Yeah, it was alarm. alarm. <laughs> Car alarm. Alarm yeah. clock. Could have been. You, know, you could have said fall. DeLorean. Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Irrigation. Pie be good there. for everyone. John the Pie <laughs> Guy Woo! wins a golden Hi, ticket. There he goes, John the Pie Guy. Because I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. All right. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.